Hey, so just a little disclaimer. The topic that we're talking about today may seem a little controversial, particularly coming from Christians that are discussing a game that is essentially talking about hell and demons. But we just want to address this beforehand that it's more the content that we're focused on, what we're actually taking from the content that we're talking about and actually how it links to scripture so although something initially may not seem very godly or biblical it's about how we look at it and what we can take from it and looking at it as a form of art rather than immediately judging it so i hope that you can join us in appreciating this game that actually neither me or josh have actually played but um we've invited our friend luke onto this podcast to just explore this idea and he can help us with essentially what the whole gameplay and the whole system is about so yeah just a little heads up hope you enjoy in the first age in the first battle when the shadows first lengthened one stood crucified at the hands of traitors is so So, um, disclosure, I haven't played it. I've experienced it through many video essays. Mm. Um, Yeah, and just kind of critiques of the games and like, I don't know, commentaries on it, I guess. I don't know. Josh, have you played it? Nope. (laughs) There Um, we are. Again, same sort of thing. I I played a bit of the first Doom game. Uh, one of my mates last Christmas, uh, he brought his Switch round, and uh, we were we were playing that together. Because you said um, 2016. The no, like Doom. 19. Oh, like retro Doom. Original yeah, retro ah, retro yes. Doom. Um, yes. played a bit of Doom three. Uh, mm. didn't didn't really get into it though. My thing is that I really admire like the design, especially the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the design of the games. Is beautiful, and as you say, Brandon, with the video essays, I can watch them, like tons of them. Uh, especially Game Maker's Toolkit, he does a great job of, of uh, you know, describing the mechanics and all that. Yeah, but it's one of those things where when I'm playing it myself, uh, I haven't even played the good-looking ones graphically, and I get absolutely terrified. Just uh, they look intimidating. Find yeah. the demons in it. Yeah, That's yeah. it. Well, you, Luke, you've actually played them, haven't you? I have, yes, I have. So I, I think you're going to have to educate us. Um, so um, for for those who don't know, uh, Doom is a first-person shooter. The original Doom was actually the first first-person shooter ever made. So until they were given the title of a first-person shooter, they were all referred to colloquially as Doom clones. 
So games like oh. Quake or That's Blood cool. or anything like that was referred to as a Doom clone because they didn't have a name for the genre yet. Wow. Um, uh. Yeah, it was really revolutionary. And the tech that they used in the first Doom was uh, really revolutionary for the time. Um, it was it was really aura- like astounding. Uh, so recently... Um, id Software, who uh, made Doom 2016 and the current Doom Eternal, um, theirs is their games are kind of a soft reboot of the original series. Uh, they are still related to the original series. Like the main character is still the same person. Uh, hmm. The previous games are canon to the story. Well, most of them, not Doom Three. We don't talk about Doom Three, um, <laughs> but the other two are canon to the storyline. Um, so yeah, and I'm sure as you'll, if you've uh, looked on the essays of the game, uh, you, you'll have seen it's a very, um, I think aggressive is kind of an understatement. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Attack mode. Yes. It's, it's an attack on every sense, both visual and auditory with the, with the soundtrack and everything by Mick Gordon. Um, but yeah, oh, the soundtrack. games are. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? I've um, if I've ever had like a lot of washing up to do, um, I I put on uh, BFG division. BFG division. Background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like brushing a fork. That down. was such <laughs> a good impression. <laughs> it's like I can just imagine you aggressively like cleaning a plate, aggressively like... head banging. <laughs> Headbanging while scrubbing a plate with the abrasive side of the sponge. <laughs> Screw washing them. Let's just break the plates and buy new ones. <laughs> just smash them and buy new ones. That is the doom mytholo- mythology in a nutshell. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up because things are about to get abrasive. <laughs> <laughs> the spin-off spin off no one asked for. <laughs> oh, uh, oh um so yeah actually the last video i said that i looked at i found it really interesting um it was looking at the original uh doom gameplay yes and i love how all of the enemies have their own weaknesses but mm-hmm. not in i think not in the traditional triple a kind of yeah. game sense where it's like it's not you've red got... red is used against red blue is used against blue yeah stuff like that and it's just like it's just to do with more basic level systems and that mm. the bigger guy just takes a bit more effort to kill but the smaller guy takes less effort to kill mm. where i i saw there with the doom en- enemies that you have to adapt to each kind Yes. And it seems like yeah. a really interesting mechanic in terms of mm-hmm. you've got to really learn. And I think, as I've heard you uh, say, Luke, about how you play, it's it's almost like a choreography in terms of you've got to know it so well. It you've is. got to know the ins yes. and outs. Yeah. It's a very advanced game of rock. It's rock, paper, scissors taken to its logical extreme. Mm. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, all of the enemies uh, serve a different purpose. All of the demons serve a different... They have a different role within the game. Mm. Um, so they force... And they throw them at you in a variety of combinations, which forces you to change how you approach an encounter. 
So okay. you have to prioritize certain enemies. So um, I haven't played the DLC, but I know in the DLC for Doom Eternal, there is a spirit. And what the spirit does is it basically possesses an enemy, makes them stronger, and then once you defeat that enemy, the spirit comes out and is temporarily vulnerable. So really, you have to prioritize that spirit enemy. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, Fair. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you were saying earlier about enemies having different weaknesses, uh, the, the one that immediately springs to mind is the uh, Capra Demon in uh, Doom Eternal. Um, because that that one is it's the flying one with the big mouth, the one with the eye in the center of its face. Oh yes, oh, yeah, exactly. the flying meatball. <laughs> <laughs> the way to deal with that fastest is uh, there's a mod for the combat shotgun, which is a small grenade launcher, and when it roars at you or has its mouth open, you shoot a grenade in its mouth, and it stuns it and makes it open for an instant takedown for a glory kill, as they're called. Um, Beautiful. But the game never tells you that, that well, it, it does, unless you turn off tooltips like a real gamer. <laughs> um, but, in, in, you know, for the most part, a lot of things that you have to do, the game tries not to tell you. That's so, such an interesting mechanic. Yeah. Like, I feel like we don't have that as much, mm-hmm. particularly, like, thinking about... Like I said, like AAA new kind of games. Mm. I don't know. Is is there any systems that you think um, adopts and kind of has that kind of idea or mechanic nowadays? Um, in in terms of what in other games? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, rock paper scissors is a good example. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't think you can play that as aggressively as Doom. Well, you haven't been playing pop, rock paper scissors properly, my friend. <laughs> you haven't played uh, rock paper scissors in youth group, where it's like oh, find yeah. out who the best person is in the entire room by like you know. <laughs> rock paper scissors. Have you ever played that, Brandon? Where it's like it's yeah, I'm not. No. Oh, it's it's um. This is the reason why um. Like Christian games, like like games that Christians play, are purely just to let out aggression in a hell <laughs> controlled environment. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. you know that the worst that's going to happen is someone's going to get put in hospital. That is, <laughs> you're not going to die. <laughs> 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 what? Jo- Josh, after this, we have to tell him the whole trolley story. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, oh, well, yeah, starting with something a bit tamer, rock, paper, scissors in a, in a church <laughs> setting, it's like you've got everyone in the crowd, right? Everyone in the congregation, yeah. and they play rock, paper, scissors with the person next to them. And if they and whoever wins starts the conga line, and then they go to the next person who also has a conga line, and then if you beat that person, then you accumulate their conga line until eventually there are just two massive lines of people at the end in the all-out final match. And that's where it gets to, like, you know, rock, paper, scissors, and then they both do the same thing. And then they both do the same thing. Yeah. And then they both do this. And then they're playing the mind that game. Sounds yeah. pretty good. Well, the, it's, like, it's, an, it's the anime yeah. final boss. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Forget any of this Doom stuff, you know? Forget all this, like, oh, adapting and switching to different weapons. No, winning a game of rock, paper, scissors in a tournament Mm. just before the preach starts. That's 
Yes. That is true. Forget, forget League of Legends. We don't need those esports. We need professional rock, paper, scissors. That's what we need. There will 100% be a rock, paper, scissors tournament. There, there must be. be. There's professional arm wrestling, so surely there must be professional rock, paper, scissors. Exactly. That's it. I, I, I one would assume. Yeah, there is a psychology of it. I w- there I is. Just, there has to be. I finished a show called um, The Politician, and I think there's like... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's an episode on there that is all about. <laughs> they're yeah, basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> they're deciding who's going to be the next spoilers, by the way. Um, who's going to be the next uh, politician? I, I was going to say, is a congressman, congresswoman, I think. Um, and they're going to decide it over uh, again, rock paper scissors. And so, like, yeah, an entire yeah. episodes devoted to just like them figuring it out, uh, wow. the psychology I- behind it all. You know what? Um, I'd actually looked into the psychology behind it before I saw that episode. I don't actually really? watch the show. It's just my sister really likes it, so I happened to see that one episode. Oh, and, um Yeah, the, there's a thing of how when you lose a round, you are more likely to pick the thing that beat you, I think, or what you would have needed to beat the thing that beat you. It's something mm. like that. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. help, obviously, for playing. But um, the other yeah. interesting thing is that... Um, men are statistically more likely to start with rock and women are statistically more likely to begin with scissors. Ah, so what you're telling me is men are statistically more likely to win the first round. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then then after that, you just keep cycling through. Well, actually, men are statistically more likely to win against a woman who doesn't know that men are statistically more likely to pick the thing that beats the thing they're more statistically likely to pick. <laughs> My brain just melted. Amazing. I think we need to segue back to Doom, guys. That's what I was thinking I, as well. You know, you know, um, maybe we should. So um let's also maybe at the end, let's tell Luke about the whole trolley story. But for now, uh, yeah, yeah. I really I want to do something cheesy here, but I, I, I want to slide in Josh uh, uh, Ecclesiastes three into this mechanic that we found because oh, yeah. um it's been popping up literally everywhere like everywhere yeah. a time Even for this on a time TV, for on on american live tv uh mm-hmm. i won't mention the specifics of it in case uh our entire american viewership which i think is like zero people or maybe one hey my wife's american yeah, good i was just, I just wanted to check that she's tuning in <laughs> Um, yeah, so we don't want to upset anyone by saying who it was that quoted Ecclesiastes 3, because I know it's a very mm-hmm. contentious subject right now, but um, yeah, it was quoted. Uh, it's been appearing a lot recently, yeah. A lot, a lot, yeah. Um, so, Luke, in case you didn't know, I, I think Josh will be able to quote it a bit better than I can, but it's basically <laughs> talking about how there's a, essentially there's a time for mourning and dancing, there's a time for this, there's a time for that. Yes. Um, and I've kind of forgotten the context, so I'm not going to try and make it up. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the context of it, Josh? Well, the 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 kind of narrative of the book is um, it's written by someone who refers to themselves as the teacher. Uh, so it's believed that it's King Solomon. Uh, that's why it's placed next to the Proverbs of King Solomon and the Song of Songs. That uh, is also referred to as the Song of Solomon. Um, and it's it takes place at the end of the author's life, 
and they're effectively reflecting on all the things they've experienced and they talk about how each part of life on its own is meaningless and that we'll effectively never find any kind of satisfaction in anything in the world and so he comes to the conclusion at the end that the only thing left to do is to enjoy life despite its meaninglessness and to also fear God and keep his commandments. So um, Ecclesiastes 3 talks about this idea that, yeah, there is a, a time for everything. And that's effectively how it goes. Like just before he's talking about the vanity of this, the vanity of that, uh, the end of wisdom. And then uh, let do you want me to read from the message version just for a laugh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> paraphrase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah do, cool. Please do. All right. Um, there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth. This doesn't sound like uh, the message version. This sounds kind That's of what I was thinking. decent. Um, kind of decent. Sorry for anyone who does uh, use the message uh, version. <laughs> a right time for birth, another for death. A right time to plant and another to reap. A right time to kill and another to heal. Time to destroy and another to construct. I'm going to leave out where it says a right time because I feel like that's a bit too uh, loaded. Yeah. Uh, a time to lament and another to cheer. A time to make love and another to abstain. A time to embrace and another to part. A time to search and another to count your losses. A time to hold on and another to let... Flamin, who reads the... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was genuinely thinking the same thing. I was like, "This sounds nothing like ESV." Yeah, where did I even get it from? Like, I'm. It's obviously you know loosely the same meaning, but yeah, yeah. NRSV. There we go. Time to be born and a time to die. A time to there plant and a time to pick up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. Is you know similar kind of thing. Yeah, uh, time yeah. To weep, time to laugh. Time to mourn. Time to dance. And it holds those positives and negatives in tension with each other because i think too much of the time we assume that life is all about you know being happy and ignoring sadness and just especially for christians i think because we have this assumption that because like jesus saved us that we have to be happy all the time because if we're not happy then that means we're not grateful to god it's like well Mm. god created us to feel sadness for a reason and it's because there is a time and I suppose a, a right time, um, a proper mm-hmm. time to acknowledge yeah. that and then to move on from it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's it. And the Book of Lamentations is certainly a, a great example of that kind of um, idea of sadness and hence the the verb like um, to lament and, you know, the idea of like mourning and sadness and coming together. And yeah, so there's like, and it's, it's kind of this idea of adaptability and that's where I think yeah. that there's not so much this thing of black and white as such. And I think there's quite often this idea, particularly within um, certain areas of modern Western church, which is like, yeah, you always have to be joyful and doing this and to the point where it, com- it becomes religious. And yeah, I think, uh, Ecclesiastes 3 really demonstrates the idea of like, no, there actually is a time for this, a time for that. And I think hence a lot of people struggle with some of the um, events that occur through the Old Testament because yeah. they're like, oh, there's 
uh, destruction or war or conflict here, that's bad. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're not looking the context here. Actually, in its context, it's kind of necessary. And uh, I'm not going to use that example. We've already used it twice before, and I've been slated for it. Right. So in certain time periods in 20th century... Oh, here we go. So sorry. I'm not going to mention it. Our names now, okay? So, in 1939 to 1945, there was a German individual. Yikes! Oh my gosh! So yes, there were. There was a time to stand up um, and fight against oppression. That's what we'll leave at. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> and kind so, of like uh, with Doom, I suppose, is that... That's what um, I was going to head back to. Yeah. try to claw it back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if I'm correct, Luke, the yes. kind of premise of each of the Doom games is that, like, humans <clears throat> end up opening some kind of pathway to hell, yes. and then demons end up attacking the Earth, and then... Yeah. Doom guy slash the Doom Slayer yeah. is the one who has to go and clean up that mess. Do- Doom Doom Slayer? You mean uh, Christ himself? Oh, there interesting. Oh, well, he <laughs> is. He de- technically in in the the way the Doom law is structured is um, <clears throat> it's based off of um, ideas posed in Catholicism. So there's certain elements of it that are taken and kind of applied to Doom in certain ways. Um, right. So in the description or, yeah, in the description of the Slayer, it's quite similar to Jesus in the sense that, um, so for that I'll have to explain, uh, there are three characters. There is uh, the Doom guy slash Doom Slayer. There is uh, Vega, who is the father, and there is the Seraphim. Um, so, sorry, was that Vega or Veda? Vega, V E G A. That's Vega. so interesting because, like, Veda isn't it like German for father? Star Veda. Oh, that's a that's a common yeah. mistranslation. Yikes! Is it actually? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's anyway, based continue. off of Dutch, but it's uh, kind oh. of incorrect. Oh, um, fair enough. Anyway, uh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, Vega, who uh, or the father, as he's referred to as well, who is kind of the almighty being, he's basically God um, of the Doom universe. Uh, there is the Seraphim, uh, who works, well, for the father, essentially. Um, and then there's the Doom guy, who is uh, the leader of the Night Sentinel, Sentinels, who fights against the forces of hell. Uh, so the reason the Doomslayer is as powerful as he is is because he was granted the powers of Vega by the Seraphim. Vega being the father, right? The Seraphim being the Holy Spirit, and the Doomslayer being the son. That's very interesting. So they're not none of them much like the Holy Trinity. None of them are the same person, but they all come together to become what is essentially a god. Or prayed to by most of the human characters as a god. Um, which is yeah. made more literal when Vega, who is a, a computer chip version of the father at this point, and um, 
another character who ends up who turns out to be the seraphim their chips are then implanted into the praetor suit which the doom slayer wears which then brings all three of them together into one body ah okay okay so they are literally the holy trinity that's a cool little premise actually i, I know right I mean, <laughs> last time I checked, Jesus didn't go to hell and start cutting things up with a chainsaw, but I suppose <clears> no one really saw him, so <laughs> picture yeah, didn't yeah. happen, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a fair point, though. Um, no, but it's actually really interesting, uh, mm. the idea of them like, having having one body. And obviously mm. that is like a, a deep and very, very um, mm. largely explored theological uh, theme. Yeah. Um, which is way too dense to get into now. Yeah, it is. About it is it. Um, but yeah, it's it's really interesting that kind of, of premise and how we can even take that away from, as you yeah. said, a, a, a clear display of like machine guns and chainsaws around hell. But this idea of this character, just this this protagonist, mm. coming so, along and taking yeah. everything out. I, I know crazy. we should have done this at the start of the podcast as opposed to nearly 25 minutes in, but uh, I guess a little uh, disclaimer <laughs> for uh, all you guys who are like, wait a minute, uh, these guys are talking about Doom? I thought this was like a, a Christian podcast. Well, um, this is quite an interesting discussion that uh, I'm looking on my bookshelf now for the guy's name. Steve Turner uh, looks at in, yeah. in his book imagine where he talks about uh this idea of a new vision for christians in the arts mm. and how in a lot of art uh you can actually portray things that are seen as very like non-biblical or unspiritual or unchristian um and by portraying them in a story setting you can mm. shed light on the fact that those things are unchristian uh unrighteous that kind of thing yeah so using this idea of like portraying hell in all of its ugliness in the doom games having these horrible abhorrent fantastical creatures that are just like you know gory as as hank um and um you know right from the bowels of hell itself by looking at that we can see through the game doom that hell is not a pretty place it doesn't make anyone go oh yes i would like to go to hell please <laughs> they're like no, i, I want to be the doom slayer i want to be the guy who rips up this evil and destroys it and hacks mm. out it with a chainsaw and sets it on fire and uh shoots grenades in its mouth and all of that fun stuff but um <laughs> maybe so we should also should... disclose i don't think this is for for young children for younger members of the audience <laughs> ah yes uh, uh timmy uh this might not be a good time <laughs> this might not be your song hand the phone back to mommy timmy <laughs> oh, i would like to shoot the demon this isn't mario kart son <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh dear yeah actually um so, also, me and Josh have talked about how we're going to plan to do an episode on video game slash movie violence yes. soon and how actually that um, plays a very important role in art, particularly mm. if it serves a purpose. Mm. So, um, we're just, like, putting that out there as well. That We're, we're uh, going to explore that at some point, maybe next week, maybe... 
week after or whatnot. But yeah, I think what we're talking about right now is perfectly um, encapsulating that in terms of we have something that particularly a lot of people in, as I've said, modern Western church society, that they can be quite put off by the idea of like violence or I don't know anything that now seems like ungodly or or mm. imperfect, and it's like actually it does serve a purpose. At the end of the day, Old Testament is actually it's got some pretty foul stuff in there. Actually, yeah, the Old Testament stuff that's pretty pretty metal. Not gonna lie. It is. It's pretty metal. It's grim. It's grim. Some of the uh, the stuff that people do. The Book of Judges. Uh, we, me and Josh have talked about it before. It is messy. Yeah. Like. Yeah like awful but it's um it's displayed there to literally show the goodness of god and to be like look at the mess that they've got themselves into we yeah. aren't gonna hide we aren't gonna hide the fact we are going to demonstrate this yeah. and it's like it's it's this cliche thing of like everything that's being written and made has to be very very good and clean and it's like well the bible literally mentions the devil yeah the gotta epitome. throw that out <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's like the epitome of evil. So it, it does have to be uh, looked at and discussed. And so, like, I, I think it's just important kind of putting that in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think as well, um, the kind of visual representation of this kind of spiritual battle between good and evil, mm. um, it's like, you know, when, when we say that Jesus triumphed over sin on the cross, that's not that's not a small order. It's mm. not like, you know, I mean, first off, he was in one of the most gory executions that's ever taken place in like all time. Mm. Uh, one of the worst ways to die. And it was definitely the worst way to die at the time. At no the one time, had come yeah. up with anything uh, as gruesome as that. So it's not like, you know, we, we, we get this portrayal too often these days of this, uh, you know, Jesus, the, the polite, meek, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't hurt a fly. Um, and then you know you've somehow got to reconcile that image of Jesus with the same one who like you know chucks over tables kicks and... people out of the temple yeah yeah yeah, he, yeah exactly he, you know he points out all of the hypocrisy that's going on he, he mm. calls out people's sin he <laughs> makes people acknowledge that there's a lot of wrong that humans have done in the world mm. and also is like strong enough to be merciful and to be able to let go of people's uh like past transgressions and to kind of you know effectively die on the cross for our sins like that's a that's a huge thing and yeah. the the battle that followed when you know he was in in the ground for 3 days like that's a fight against sin itself and as we see in Doom, that's not going to be pretty. Like it, yeah. it's not going to be. You know, he he sits down and and you know has has tea and cakes and and crumpets with uh, <laughs> with all of our sin and all yeah. of our mistakes. Like yeah, he's exactly. got he's got to look at the entire wrath of God and figure out how to you know <clears throat> deal with that. Uh, it's it's a huge thing, and so yeah. I think. While, you know, it, it is a bit of a fantastical representation, as I mentioned before, in Doom, it's I don't think it's something that people will walk away from and go, Yeah, this is this is just like in real life. 
yeah. I think it, it does metaphorically represent just how gruesome the battle is against darkness yeah. in it's um we've mentioned it before Brandon but the uh Ephesians 6 idea that we're not fighting yeah. against flesh and blood but yeah. we're fighting against the forces of evil effectively yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah definitely and i want to link back to my point earlier in the episode as well on that actually this idea of like in doom this kind of physical manifestation of adapting to the demons adapting to the sin very much is representative of life in terms of there are different ways to also adapt to sin sin can come in a great um number of ways and different forms and like you're battling the the um, demons in doom you've got to know its proper weaknesses you've got to know how to deal with that specifically um sin is sin sin uh, and Again, there's a big conversation about uh, one sin being worse than the other, mm. and a lot of people tend to put them into a big bucket and just stick a sin on that bucket and say everything's the same. However, sin is sin, but I think it's more complex than that. If we're de- It depends on what we're dealing with. Um, In terms of, I think, our fight to resist yes. sin as well. Like, um yes. What is it? Uh, Peter refers to it as um, a prowling lion. Like that's how he refers to the devil. And yeah. when he, uh, when God says to Cain, uh, right at the start of the Bible, how sin is crouching at your door, you must learn to master it, or it'll yeah, exactly. you alive. Like it's it's this this beast within all of us that that we have to tame and it's something that we don't have the strength to tame it's a lion right a lion overpowers us easy peasy in the in the wild yeah, um, yeah, and, yeah. and that's the idea i suppose like that praetor suit that you mentioned luke that mm. we actually need a power outside of ourselves mm. to help us with that and, and and that's the kind of relationship that god moves us towards in the new testament this kind of uh cooperative kind of partnership where mm. God is there when we're in our moments of weakness. When we're fighting against sin, he's there providing us those armor packs and that extra ammo. Yeah. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose if you want to go even further, the whole point, reason the Doomslayer even has the ability to quite literally tear demons in half with his bare hands is because that is the power that was bestowed to him by the Father. Whereas yeah. when, when he was found at the start of the game, or at the start of the timeline, before he had those powers, he was practically half dead and did not stand a chance. Fair. And then once he gets the powers given to him by the Father, who again is God in this in this instance, um, when he gets those powers, then the tables turn, <clears throat> and then instead of him being afraid of everything else, all of the demons then become afraid of him, because there is no way they can match him. Yeah, that that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And you know what? It's cool that you say about how the, the demons fear him because mm. um, there's um, there's many times in the Bible where Jesus is described as casting out demons. Now, how we interpret that these days is, again, uh, something we could spend ages talking about mm-hmm. uh, as to, you know, what form demons actually take? Was it an ancient way of talking about something else that they didn't know about in science, etc.? Um, but 
what we do know is that when Jesus came face to face with forces of evil that were affecting people and cast them out, just destroyed them, um, the the people who saw him doing this were absolutely amazed and said things like, even the demons fear him. This idea of like, it really shows just how powerful God is. And I mean, we, we say he's omnipotent, but I think just saying, a, a, is it three syllables? Um, Four syllables. Whoa, that's a lot of syllables. So, you know, it doesn't take long to say, but it says a lot. Like, omnipotence is... is <laughs> it's a lot of power, as, uh, as, a certain, as a certain Darth friend of ours would say. Unlimited power! Now that's oh, a lot fantastic. of power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, for for Jesus to have the power to be able to just stare the epitome of evil in the face and say, get out of that man, leave him alone. And then it does like it, it does. And when he faces off against um, this, uh, there's this guy who's been acting crazily for weeks. He's been living on an Island on his own. Uh, the people nearby, they, they keep putting him in shackles, but he keeps breaking them because he's so strong. Um, and he's just, you know, spouting all of this crazy language and, and people are like, what do we do with him? What are, what are we going to do? And Jesus goes up to this guy and he recognizes this influence that um, the, the devil is having. And so he addresses uh, this kind of spirit of torment that's come on this man. And uh, when the guy speaks, it's not with his voice. He says, I am legion for we are many. And Jesus is like, Okay, so are we going to do this the easy way or the hard way? Um, <laughs> it's like, get out of that man uh, and, and go back to where you came from. Yeah. And the demons, uh, first off, they're scared of him. And second off, they're scared of hell, which I think shows a lot about, like, it's not just this thing of, oh, yeah, you know, fire and brimstone, whatever. sounds like a barbecue. Like, <laughs> it, it's not. It's like if, if even demons are scared to go back to mm. hell, that says a lot about what the nature of hell is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it must be pretty hellish. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, um... this, this entire legion of demons is just like, get us out of here. Like, send us into the pigs. Um, and, and so he does. So, like, you know, when even a legion of demons, when you think of how many you have to fight in Doom, right? Just this mm. onslaught, wave after wave yeah, after wave. this horde. And that collective horde, the amalgamation of all the evil in the universe, yeah. is still terrified of Jesus. That's yeah. Do you that's know what's my... the best bit about it, though? Uh, I, <clears throat> I think, like, one of the most accurate representations, if it was going to be, like, like Doom in this uh, a phys- physical... Um, kind of demonstration of what Christ is like. Yeah. Although the idea of of the whole machine guns and chainsaw thing sounds like awesome yeah. in itself. Yeah. I, it's yeah. I feel it would be more like a western, which um, or if you're keeping up with the Mandalorian as well, it's it's got a lot of um, a lot of western influence. Yeah. <laughs> I am a just film a critic or TV show. <laughs> Um, you, can't, you can't just say what the genre is and then be like, oh, yes, I... Uh, <laughs> that's well, exactly well, what I can if do. It, if it works for a certain uh, undisclosed uh, YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> with perhaps an I in the name, 
um, <laughs> then I'm sure Brandon can do it. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, like, um, I like this idea of, like, the, you know, the Western idea of, like, the, the person straws into town mm. and, like, everyone's just, like, super in- intimidated. And I feel like that interaction with Legion is more like a Mexican standoff of, of like, I have an entire, like, army behind me, essentially. I've, I've got a lot of firepower right here, mm. but I'm just going to sweet talk you into getting out of town. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, I, I feel like it's... He's, I can just see Jesus being so assertive, but chill, yeah. Yeah. like very collected, very mm. like, as you said, Josh, like, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Yeah. Jesus like, rolling yeah. up in Jerusalem with a poncho and a cowboy hound. That would be <laughs> amazing. That is an excellent adaptation. That would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the pistols, he's got a piece of bread and a fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that's fantastic. Okay, well, so we're gonna. Man, you you think you're gonna make it all the way out there into the desert? Well, <laughs> five loaves and two fish can feed a family of five thousand. I think I'll be all right. <laughs> you know what? If, if there's any artists in the audience, please, please, please create. Please. We will, we will do the voice acting and the music. Yeah. <laughs> Just hit us, hit us up. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, I feel that's more of the. Uh... Mm-hmm more of the vibes that uh, Jesus definitely uh, gives yeah. off in, in mm. terms of like yeah. what we're given in scripture and whatnot. More than so, yeah. an Arnold Schwarzenegger level action hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, th- I think it, that's great. It, it is interesting because like, I guess what what um, the Jews were expecting for their Messiah to be was mm. this kind of... Was what, this action this, hero type. Yeah, this action hero, mm. this, uh, you know... Uh, shoot it's first, take second. Yeah, yeah, and and they were looking for someone to liberate them physically from the the physical yeah, manifestation yeah, yeah. of evil. Like mm. this idea that they were an oppressed people and they wanted someone to set them free. <clears throat> but um, the real issue, and we've talked about this before, Brandon, uh, this idea of how you know sin has this hold over all people. Like we are all under the oppression of sin and of the that inner voice that is like, ah, oh, but, you know, it's not going to hurt anyone. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, yeah, the, these actions we take have consequences and they're eternal consequences. And when we keep making those mistakes, they get us further and further away from God and into this exile almost. Um, and the idea that Jesus came into the world and on the outside from his physical appearance, um, as Isaiah said, uh, a bruised reed he will not break. He won't even step on a plant. Like that—that's how meek and gentle he appears. But on the inside, he is still very much that warrior. But he's not mm. just fighting. He's not fighting against flesh and blood. That's not the problem. The yeah. problem is the, the hordes of hell and and our our problem yeah. with sin. And that's something that he does not mess around with. He just goes right to the source. I mean, you know, deals with it. 
Mm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Yeah. I mean, just to really sum it up in what I've almost certain I've said to you before, Josh, is like the idea of, as you said, that the Pharisees were expecting the Messiah to literally be like a doomslayer, but to take mm. out the empire of Rome and relieve them from just the, the temporary um, mm-hmm. corruption. But what he was doing was he was like, actually, I'm going to die at the hands of my enemies, but I'm going to remove sin for everyone, for the entire world, for all time. And it's just like this massive, unorthodox, kind of paradigm shift which is just it's so awesome it's just so cool to just the the expectations are completely um switched around and i, th- mm. I think it's fantastic so in in a very unusual way he becomes even greater than say like an immediate like doom slayer yeah <laughs> um jesus just, is stronger than the doom slayer confirmed that is yeah I mean, it's not even a contest, let's be honest. It's not. It's really not. Exactly. And that's it. And I think because the heart of... I think we instinctively, we see justice as, I think, particularly talking as... Oh, no, no. I was going to say us talking as males, but I think that's too categorised. But I think we tend to latch on the idea of justice comes anger and, and fighting and payback and this idea of revenge... And so, like, a lot of violence is um, expressed during that. I'm not really a violent person, but, like, I mean, come on. We stub our toe, we hit whatever we stubbed our toe on. It's just one of those things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we all, know, we all know what we get like in Among Us. That's oh, the the true right. evil is the corner of the table. That is the true sin. <laughs> Do you know what the true evil is? Like... Okay. What is the dream? Lag. I tell you what, lag makes my blood oh, boil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you. you know what? You know what? I proclaim, I proclaim it that that Jesus Christ beat lag. Beat lag. <laughs> he he suffered a ping over two thousand so that we might run our <laughs> games with a ping of sixty. I'm telling y'all gamers, rise up. (laughs) Let's get this holy bread and wine. (laughs) (laughs) My point. Remaster coming out in PS5. This is (laughs) Is that Jesus Christ simulator. (laughs) Oh, let's not get started on that again. My gosh. Um, what was my point, though? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it was... Uh, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting how we... I think man in, in general, mankind, is, is very instinctive to react brashly and mm-hmm. quite violently. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to take this approach of um, gentleness, kindness. And I think that that's that uh, masculine stereotype of brutal fighting and, and creating a massacre and a mess mm. um it's com- it's been completely flipped into like this incredibly graceful man that mm. he he's ruthless in terms of um how he approaches more the the forces of evil he's ruthless yeah. in that sense but in terms of approaching people it's just done with utter compassion 
mercy, self-sacrifice. It's just, it's awesome. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, Jesus Christ Simulator, what an interesting what an interesting product. What an I, uh, interesting product that is. What a, what a game. Yeah. What a game. What a game. So in conclusion, <sighs> Timmy, maybe you should play Doom Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> maybe play it when you're a little bit older. <laughs> Just a wee bit older. Maybe when you turn ten. <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> well either yeah, way. Uh, that's Nelly's opinion. Uh, yes. the, yeah, please I, do I, not I listen to me. I'm terrible. The number on the box, and then wait until the number of candles on your cake is equal to the number that is on the box. Mm. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you still use candles on your cake and you have to number them individually as opposed to just having a number, then you're probably too young to to be put uh, either that or you've got a much more fun childhood than we do <laughs> <laughs> guys let's you will be playing Doom Eternal <laughs> Nightmare Mode very soon and this whole thing wasn't wasn't just a plug for that no, it probably... wasn't a plug for my playthrough of Doom Eternal <laughs> and Ultra Nightmare not at all okay. uh... guys, let, let, let's be real the man press stop like a minute into this episode so oh, like yeah. just yeah. Just, why are we bothering? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, this does not sound good. One eighty, and then just like throw this this bit at the start. Just throw this section at the start, telling ah. Timmy to play Doom Eternal. And then <laughs> homeschool mom uh, slash Karen, if that's not a racial slur anymore, I can't remember. Uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, they they can. Oh, okay. They'll just heard me say the word Karen in a in a demeaning way, and then also switched it off. But uh... (laughs) (laughs) you know what? I I think we should just leave it in the order it is because it clearly doesn't matter. Target demographic here, and it's it's not it's not the faint of heart. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, Um, absolutely. Yeah. So all are welcome to listen to this. However, um, would highly recommend that little Timmy. Maybe do not play um, Doom, but thank Maybe you for listening. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All we right. appreciate you, Timmy. Thanks, Timmy. Shout out to Timmy. Woo! <laughs> Anyone called Timmy who's listening to this, just want to say, you're an absolute legend. Mate, you're so sick. Like, yeah. Good awesome. job, man. You've got such an awesome name. Happy birthday, whenever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. I love violence, mate. And there is more to say about those media than just, oh, do they cause violence? If anything, you're kind of getting that complex human morality out of that. Oh, how about that airplane food, huh? Yeah, that time when he went on a killing spree against all these tables. Whoa. I feel like this episode is just getting violent in itself.